Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Unlike Mark Cabali, I have Mike DeFabo pegged as a somewhat cultured man. I don't need to tell him who Crosby, Stills, and Nash are, do I? No, no. See, growing up in Western PA, I feel like every kid listens to DVE. So you just grow up with classic rock. Even though I'm 34 years old, my favorite artists are like The Grateful Dead, Jimi Hendrix, you know, all, all that classic rock stuff. Cabali came in here the other day. We played that rejoin. And you can expand those, Sean. I, ha- I want uh, Mike to hear a-, a lot of them today. I sent them to City Limits the other day. He had never heard of David Crosby or Stephen Stills, or Graham Nash for that matter. Really? Very uncultured. But I pictured a young Kabali in a rebellious stage dressed in a heavy metal black T-shirt raging in his room. He, he admitted he was a heavy metal guy. That's not a surprise, right? No, no, I could, I could see that for Kabali. Um, I could see him in a mosh pit doing some damage. Me too. There's no <laughs> doubt he's been in mosh pits. How are you? I'm doing great. I was a little worried. I was listening to your show on the way in, and I heard you say you were hangry, and I was yeah. really hoping you weren't going to take that out on me. Well, you made a great point when you came in. Uh, do you mind if I repeat some of that conversation? Let's do it. That hanger is a real thing. And affects marriages. And and you said that's, right around dinner time is when probably a lot of divorces happen. That's what I was going to say. Being in a relationship, one of the things that I've learned is that the most volatile time is between 5.30 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. <laughs> I think you're right you, the you, more I think of it. You've come home, you've had a stressful day at work, and most importantly, you're hangry. So that's the time to be on your best behavior. And, and I would venture to guess, like you said, that the majority of divorces – if you go back and pinpoint where it began, probably within that 5.30 to 7.30 window when people are hangry. Right. And you also said that a lot of divorces could be related to low-carb diets, right? <laughs> right. Right. Do these glasses fit or are they crooked? Uh, they're good. Don't mention okay. it. All right. Very good. Because people are watching us. Do you know that? That camera's on you right people, now. People are watching. Okay. Kabali was picking his nose the other day on camera. Uh, well, actually, I have like a, even during the breaks, I've got videos of of Kabali falling asleep 
in the press box in the middle of football games. <laughs> he is the greatest, isn't he? He's true to himself, which is all you can be. Uh, you and I had a very interesting text exchange the other day. Do you mind if I repeat some of that? Yeah, that's okay. We, I like that you're asking me for my consent before sharing private conversations. Exactly. I appreciate that. Yeah. I don't always do that on this show. Ron used to get mad at me because I told because I told everybody. You like need to read me my Miranda rights. Anything I say or do in a text message conversation could appear on the air here. Exactly. That's exactly right. Anything you do or say could be held against you. So you and I, it's, it's a guy from the Hall of Fame calling here. Sean, don't call me Seth Myers. We're going to have to wait 15 minutes. I never got a reminder on that. I, I don't know anything about that, Joe. Okay. You might want to check with uh, the great Brentini, our salesman. He's now texting me that a guy from the Hall of I don't even know which Hall of Fame. What's going on here? Um, <laughs> so, Mike, something happened here about, I don't know, eight years ago. I was doing the show with Mulsey. You know him? Mm -hmm. Have you drank with him? I have not. You showed he's a wonderful I, man. Wonderful drinker as well? Good at it, yeah, okay. from what I hear. And this... We were talking about odd jobs or something, you know, worst jobs you've had, porto potty cleaner, not that any of us did that, but the worst jobs you could possibly have. And Mulsey talked about a bidet, B-I-D-E-T. And I had never heard of a bidet, and apparently you had never heard of one until you and I spoke the other night, right? It's one of those weird toilets, isn't it? Well, he's well, claiming that this is a job. Yeah, Mulsey said it's a job where— I've never heard of this, and I still think that— like, when you told me this, I was like, this sounds like something... The way you said is... Wait a second. Yeah. No, go ahead. You said there's somebody that their job is to clean butts. Right. But it, is it an instrument? The bidet is an instrument, or does somebody spray? Here's what I... Well, here's how the... Here's how the, <laughs> here's how the text exchange went. You and I were talking about jobs that no longer exist, or at least we're curious about. Mm -hmm. A chimney sweep in the form of someone who jumps from roof to roof like Dick Van Dyke. Uh, a newspaper reporter is the one that you brought up. Um, a waterbed repairman, things like that. I had a waterbed. You did? I sure did, yeah. Did it ever leak? No, I don't think so. Well, I don't that's think we ever had to call the repairman. Maybe that's no. why they're out of business. It might be. <laughs> might be. <laughs> well, that's beside the point. Uh, a gold judge, all these things. And then... I said, what's that job where you clean butts? A batto? You said asses? Question mark. I said, yes, I think that's a job. <laughs> you said, I feel like I need to open a private, <laughs> a private browser to search for this. I said, ha, 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 there's a name for it. Mulsey told me about this. It's like a batto or something. And then I texted Mulsey. And I said... Hi, Malsey. What do you call those ass cleaners again? Badits? And he said, bidets. And I said, what do they do? He said, shoot water on your ass to clean it. So I guess it's a, more of an instrument than somebody's job to do that. Yeah, right? definitely. I, I thought that you were talking about like a firing squad with super soakers. <laughs> and it felt very so, unnecessary. <laughs> I thought I was too. Because I... No, I, no, I, no. This is like a European thing. Yeah. No, I said... To, to that, when he said, shoot water on your ass to clean it, I said, this happens in America? And he said, mostly in Europe. And then uh, 
and then the conversation took a turn after that. So I guess more than, yeah, more than a firing squad, it's it's an actual thing. Yeah, but I think it's an inch. It's it's something people listening probably a couple people have it. Maybe it would have to be very precise for things not to get real ugly, wouldn't it? Like it would have to be a precise stream, you can, you right? Can, you can buy one. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm pretty sure on Amazon you could get one. Did you? You look could it have up? it tomorrow at your house. <laughs> I don't think I want one. We could talk about it next week. I prefer the old-fashioned method. Sean, can you think of a job that that? So that's not exist? a job. Though. I guess not. I guess not. I, I mean, I'm gonna have. Can you clarify? Do you have Malsey's number? Can you clarify with him? I, I don't know. I'll clarify with him. I don't have good sources when it comes to ass cleaning and things yeah. of that nature. Yeah. You might want to sharpen up your reporting skills, buddy. I had my finger on the dump button, ironically, the dump <laughs> button for that entire conversation <laughs> exchange. Here's what we need. People to text in jobs that no longer exist or we wonder about. Shoe shiner. No, you can do that in the airport. Can I, you? Yeah, I've, I've walked by. I've never done it. Goal judge is definitely one. I've, I've got a or good— Or do they still have goal judges? Do they? At hockey games? They don't matter anymore, but do they still do it in a ceremonial way? Mm, I think they always just say, like, it's going to New York. So I guess that guy is the goal judge. I, I have a good job that, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It's called—well, first I'll tell you the name of it, and then you tell me what you think it is. It's called a knocker-upper. Oh, boy. What do you think that is? I don't want to say what I think that is. What is it? Well, obviously, a knocker-upper is someone that would tap on the glass of someone's window with a long pull or shoot peas at them to wake them up. Shoot peas at them? Like shoot, like shoot peas at the window. <laughs> Just like fire rocks at your window to wake you up. Before there were alarm clocks, you would hire a knocker-upper that is amazing. Can you imagine having that job? I'm wondering where, if that's where the term came from. We're getting callers on bidets, by the way. A lot of people. Okay, what are they? What are they saying? Well, I don't, Rick is ready to chime in if you want to talk to Rick. All right, Rick, what do you got? Welcome to uh, to the Mike DeFabo show here. Hey, uh, that knocker upper. This is not my point, but uh, Travis Henry has a good line of those knocker uppers. Uh, he has a best selling. Hey, uh, in all seriousness, the bidets are popular in Europe because they have antiquated plumbing. And in, in America, comparably, we have good plumbing. So we can flush all the toilet uh, paper down there and the wipes. Mm. But in Europe, they don't have it. So that's why they side with the bidet. This is a good answer. Thank you. This was very scientific. Appreciate and I, call, think, Rick. I think he was actually spot on with that. Yeah. That's a guy who knows what he's talking about when it Clearly. comes to cleaning yeah. butts. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get that out of the way early, Mike, so that we can move on to sports. Please, because let, okay, yeah. why don't we move on to Patrick Peterson? Okay, have you heard these clips yet? Let me hear them. Him on uh, Kenny Pickett, him on Matt Canada. I mean, this stuff is this is not a lukewarm endorsement of Kenny Pickett. This is a a solid frozen endorsement of Kenny Pickett. Let's listen. Let's li give him the the first clip here, Fort uh, Patrick Peterson on the All Things Covered podcast with Bryant McFadden. And keep in mind that Patrick Peterson is still, as we sit here today, a member of the Steelers. Go ahead. You think should be QB one for the Pittsburgh Steelers in twenty twenty four? 
Oh my goodness. Oh man. And I'm gonna give my my opinion as well. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You, you, you first. Me first? Yeah, you first. I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett. Here's why. Mm. I know the season was not what... I agree. It should be a a, a competition. I agree up, upon that because there is a new officer coordinator coming in, a new regime yep. coordinator yep. coming. In. I get all of that. I feel like it 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 should and needs to be a competition. But if I had to hand the keys over to a guy, it would be Kenny Pickett because not only we went out and draft this guy mm-hmm. as our franchise, you know, you know, quarterback. It didn't end up paying out the way that we thought it would. We fired our OC. We're going to give everybody a fresh start. And we drafted him to be our guy. So now we got a new office coordinator here, a, a new office coordinator in here, a new office of mine, a new way of thinking on how to get the ball down the field, get the ball in, you know, um, important in, in people's hands, getting the quarterback's coach from the Rams. That was huge. huge. Hey, Pat, I take any thoughts. Sounds like he wants Kenny to come back, huh? Sort of. I mean, at first, who do you think should be QB1? His answer was, oh, my goodness. Oh, man. And then he had to follow up. And then he said, I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett, but there should be a competition. If I had to hand the keys over. Uh, all of that sounded very qualified and lukewarm to me. And I think you'll find the second clip to be even more so when he talks about Mason compared to Kenny. Do you want to hear that before you comment further? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Also, think about it. Not pointing the finger at, at the play caller, but we I don't know what type of plays we was running out there on offense when <laughs> when we had uh, not pointing Matt finger with us. You know, I just feel like we were just super stagnant. We did, we did nothing to exploit the defense. Like, I just feel like we was very basic and elementary. But Kenny got an opportunity with the new offense as well. 
Yeah, he does. That's got opportunity. That's why he will be to me. He will be whoever you know. Like you said, somebody got to go out there with the ones. It's going to be Kenny, in my opinion. But I also think you said it should be Kenny too. Yeah, it it should should be Kenny. I think there is, and I also think it should be a quarterback competition to get a little. Maybe that does light a little fire under under his behind. You know what I mean? I don't know, but if 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 it's a quarterback competition, you know what I say, Pat P. One day you run the ones, the next day you run the ones. And that's that's the way it is until we get ready for the season. Because right now, that is the major concern for your team. I think here, here, here's here's my take on on what's the difference between Kenny and uh Oh, I want to hear this. That's what I would yeah. What's the difference? What's the difference? Mason is not afraid to take chances as a quarterback. Pushing the ball down the field. Pushing the ball down the field, he's going to stand in the pocket. Like he's not going to be afraid to take that pressure. I think what hurts Kenny is he re- like I think we talked about this, you know, off camera. He retrieves too much, so he makes it easier yeah. for guys to he get him. And yeah, he retrieves too much. He makes it makes it easier for him to get corralled in the pocket, and it makes the de- defender's job that's much easier because now he can't set. Up into his throw and give deliver the ball with the right the right amount of philosophy mm-hmm. or, or power that he needs to, and that's why you saw a big difference on the offenses because we was basically running the same stuff: run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, take our shots, run a couple slants. The difference was that Kenny, I mean, I'm sorry, Mason had the ability to stand strong in the pocket and deliver those balls, take those shots. Going. So it sounds to me like if Mason were to come back that Patrick Peterson will be squarely in Mason's corner, Mike, and Mike DeFabo's in uh, studio. And I have to believe he's not the only guy in that locker room that feels that way. And this is a guy who's on the team saying this, and he, he studies offenses for a living. Right. No, I, I love when a player's reaction and opinion lines up perfectly with the fans. That's like, what I mentioned. Yes. Like like when you're at a hockey game and the guy eight rows deep, eight icy lights deep is screaming, shoot the puck. And then afterwards, Mike Sullivan saying we need to shoot the puck more. It's similar here where he's diagnosing the same issues everybody else recognizes. Kenny is afraid or just skittish in the pocket. He bails out too quickly. He does not have the same arm as Mason Rudolph, and he doesn't step up in the pocket and he's not willing to take that shot downfield. So, like, offensive players recognize it. After the season, um, I asked Deontay Johnson about just, did Mason Rudolph surprise you in any way? And he said, no. We always knew Mason had this. And he said, I hope he gets the job. So, I think that there are guys. Deontay Johnson. I think George Pickens loves the fact that he got the ball and got, you know, targeted deep. I think there are a number of guys who, if you brought back both Mason and Kenny, would prefer Mason. Let me ask you a question about that because that became a huge headline. And some people wondered, and I didn't realize you were the guy that asked Deontay the question. That's great. Um, some people wondered if he was talking about Mason in free agency and was saying, I hope Mason gets a job. Right. Are you 100% positive that he was that the context is correct here? Right, and that's why I did not make a big deal of it at the time was because – it was kind of unclear. He kind of mumbles a little bit. I I don't know. You're right. He could have been saying, I hope he gets a job uh, or like a chance to start somewhere. Not necessarily, I hope he gets this job. But like, 
I think that the players did prefer Mason. You know, George George Pickens, you know, you can I always laugh at like reading into this cryptic social media stuff, but he unfollowed Kenny Pickett on Instagram and commented goat, 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 goat on Mason Rudolph's. So, Very subtle. Yeah. Yes. So you know where he stands in, in that way. And and that's what when you when you talk about Kenny, they always talk about these intangibles, right? And like, oh, this guy is a winner. This guy gets it done in the clutch when it matters most. I felt like two years ago, people started to believe in that. But you're starting to see people, I think, lose that confidence. And in for a guy who doesn't have great tangibles, I think if you lose that confidence of your teammates, you know, that that's a huge part of what makes you who you are. And I think it leads to a question, Mike. Do the Steelers, A, really want competition for Kenny? Or do they want to insulate him and protect him and give him an environment where they can find out if he can thrive and not have a threat there? Bring in Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's not a threat. There's no competition. He's the backup. He's a mentor. He's an older guy. Do they really want competition? That's A and B. Do they really want it in the form of a guy who already has support in that locker room? You're basically and this could be a good thing or a bad thing, but you're basically throwing a match onto a can of gasoline if you bring in Mason Rudolph. You have a huge, huge controversy with built-in sides being taken in that locker room. Already we know that. And Jerry Dulac just reported uh, upstairs in the front office you have people who would prefer Mason. Do they really want that, and do they really want any competition legitimate for Kenny? See, I think they absolutely should. You know, Kenny has had his opportunity. They they basically handed him the job for two years, and he's done very little to show that he's made substantial progress and that he's the quarterback of the future. So you owe it to yourselves as a franchise to prepare for a worst-case scenario. If you're halfway into the season, the defense is once again carrying you, you've got a, a reliable running game, and you're not getting what you need out of the quarterback – you have to, as a franchise, have an alternative option. And, and if you don't, then you've done it to yourself. So my opinion is I don't care how Kenny feels. I don't care if he feels like someone's breathing down his neck. I don't care if he feels like the locker room's divided. That's a good thing. You want him to feel that pressure. If he cannot thrive under that pressure, then he's not the right man for the job anyway. I agree with you. But do you think the Steelers view it that way? My whole point there is I am far from convinced that they – they say they want Mason. Not only do I think they don't want Mason back, I don't think they want actual competition. I think they want the likes of Ryan Tannehill or a Jacoby Brissett, a clear number two who's not competing because I, I think that they think that Kenny's best chance to thrive might be if, we, if he's the guy and we just, you know, basically – protect him and create an environment yeah, protect where him he's is, not threatened. Protect him is right. And, and they did that with their hiring of the offensive coordinator tells you that as well. Like basically what the Steelers, it appears, are trying to do is become the 2019-2020 Tennessee Titans where you have substitute Derrick Henry for Najee Harris. You've got a power back on a run-heavy offense. And then you've got a quarterback with limitations, substitute Ryan Tannehill for Kenny Pickett that you're going to ask to be a game manager and occasionally hit on a play-action pass. So everything they're doing is to try to put Kenny in a position where he does not have to win games, he just has to not lose them. Yeah, them. no, we agree on that. Do you think they really want Mason here? 
I think that the, it sounds like some people do, and maybe some people don't. You know, how about Tomlin? Uh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. I mean, his, I can only go by his public comments and his public comments were like, you know, we asked him if he felt like Mason changed his perception uh, of Tomlin's perception of him. And he said, absolutely. And he said that he was surprised by how well Mason did. So the other part of this is if you're Mason Rudolph, would you want to come here? I was just going to ask you that. Yes. Yes, I would. I've come around on this and I also have the same opinion and I'll tell you why. Please. Because if you're sitting there, now I think money will be the number one factor and being um, presented with a clear opportunity to be the number two quarterback somewhere and maybe compete for more. But if you look around the league, the Steelers might have the most volatile or one of the more volatile quarterback situations because they're not going to get one of the top guys in the draft and you're unsure about the guy that you have right now. This might be Mason Rudolph's best chance to actually start. I agree. You know, he could he could look at this and say like, yeah, I could go back up Josh Allen in Buffalo. You're not playing there unless Josh Allen gets hurt. Here in Pittsburgh, I think there's a 50-50 chance that Kenny Pickett falters and they're going to need to go to number two. So if you're Mason, you know, I, I look at that as an enticing opportunity. Me too. Yeah. Now he may he may find some place. I don't know. Just pick it. Pick one of the few teams whose quarterback situation like the is really Falcons a, yeah, or, or, or number or the eight, Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah. But. I don't think he's nobody's going to bring him in as, as oh yeah you're gonna you're gonna it's your job to no, lose type thing. Yeah, definitely not. He knows the personnel. The personnel. He has a rapport with these receivers. He's experienced success here, and like you said, the starter here is incredibly vulnerable. And even though he was the coach's choice as a first round pick, the coach has now proven he will bench and subsequently bury Kenny Pickett. How do we know that? Because he's already done it. So if I'm Mason, I, I have that knowledge now. I know that just because Tomlin has often spoken of him and Pickett being intertwined, it's me and Kenny, Kenny and me, we're judged on wins and losses, Kenny Blank and Pickett coming off the field in Baltimore. You know, it's us walking together into the future. That changed this past season. That bond if anybody thought it was unbreakable, was broken in some ways. He'll, he'll do it, man. Kenny gets off to a horrible start next season. Tomlin will bench and bury him. Right, and, and I also kind of believe that Tomlin is a bit reactionary when it comes to these quarterback decisions. Um, like, he never he, – he came into a very fortunate situation where he inherited a Hall of Fame quarterback. And for most coaches, like, Arthur Smith got fired because he couldn't figure out his quarterback situation. Right. That's what most coaches who – you know, the coach gets fired because they're on a bad team. A new coach comes in, and the reason they're bad is because they don't have a quarterback. This is the first time Mike Tomlin's going through this. I feel like he tremendously mismanaged Kenny his rookie year. There was absolutely no reason to start him third on the depth chart. And then the situation where he played him, Kenny got zero first-team reps. And all of a sudden, at halftime in week four, you're going to the guy. That made no sense. That's not putting I your, agree your franchise you. quarterback in a position to be successful. So... You know, I, I feel like that was a bit of a gut reaction and knee-jerk, and and I wonder if, because of that, you know, Tomlin will continue to make these decisions that are a bit reactionary or... Yeah, you know, not to mention they put him under the care of, of Matt Canada. They put him on... They put their franchise quarterback, their first-round quarterback, after having had the um, 
advantage of observing Canada on a day-to-day basis and knowing what his offense was all about, they still chose that. They, they chose him to be their, their, their first-round picks caretaker. It's just an unbelievable indictment all the way around of Tomlin. Anyway, Mike, I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad to be here. Oh, are you reading ads? Can I read one? Yeah, but not yet because I'm confused as to where they left me here. Oh, fan text line. We're going to do text in the city later. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. We have some more clips to listen to and analyze, to riff on, if you will, and that's Ben. He was on Gradkowski's podcast, I believe, and had some interesting things to say about Bill Cowher. And I think his time with the Steelers. What was the other one you have there with him? He talked about uh, the Bettis fumble. The Bettis fumble. Yes. Mike DeFable was only nine years old when that happened. How old were you when the Bettis fumble happened? What year was that? 2005? I was uh, 15. Wow. 15. Actually, so the Steelers... uh, the Super Bowl win over the Arizona Cardinals yeah. was on my birthday. I was 19 years old. My daughter. Talk about a, a heck of a birthday gift, right? I actually did Man, a, I'll say. I did like a, an oral history of James Harrison's return, and I told— That was a great story. And I told Brett Kiesel, I was like, well, actually, it was my birthday that day, and I was just a fan at the time. I wasn't covering the team, and he was like, oh, hell yeah. Let's go, brother. He's the best. <laughs> he is. An unbelievable reaction from him. My daughter had just been born. Now she's 15. She had just been born then. Um, and she brought a boy home two weeks ago. Uh-oh. And it was absolutely... Oh, no. What's the best word for it? Frightening. I think frightening. For you? Yeah. I mean, the guy made it a point to come inside, then I, you know, to uh, say hello to me and my wife and come out of the car and introduce himself. Well, that's good. And so, yeah, is it? I hope it is. I hope he's a nice boy. But I, do you sometimes go overboard when you want to meet the parents? You you go overboard because maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking about everything. So, I, so I, had to, I had to look at him and judge him and and everything while he's standing there, and it got very awkward. You know, we know football players. We could just have some. You know, get Doran in there. He's he's a reasonably big dude. Oh, that's a great idea. Maybe and um, Zeiss. Zeiss. Zeiss is looking to fight people, I hear. Fittipaldo. And then you've also got a lot of reporters you're friends with who right. are used to asking probing, pointed questions. That is a If we great got the right idea. mix, we could really make this miserable for this guy. Yeah. At least send a message early in the game, right? My my brother once took a girl on a date and he got there and the dad was cleaning his guns. That's what Barkley always says. Coincidentally, <laughs> just so happened to be that day. Um, That's what Barkley says. Uh, my brother had a great move too. So, so guys would call the house and yeah. they would be looking to talk to my older sister Maria, and they would call and they would say, "Hey, uh, is Maria there?" My brother would say, "Yeah, hold on a minute, let me look." He put the phone down, walk away, come back like fifteen minutes later, and be like, "Yeah, yeah, she's here." Put the phone down. Come back like 10 minutes later and be like, oh, you're still there. And they're like, uh, yeah, I was hoping to talk to Maria. And he's like, oh, you should have said something. You just said, is she here? I thought you wanted me to just check and see if she's here. That's a good move, too. 
Yeah. We did that. We used to uh, tackle guys. Like, guys would show up at the front porch. To like the office linebacker. Precisely like that. And we would just lay them out in the front lawn. You could have been arrested for that, Mike. Uh, no, I think that's just called, like, being a good brother. Tackling prospective boyfriends? Mm-hmm. Into the grass, though. Into, Into the, the grass. grass. Okay. Yeah, well, then at least that it makes was a it soft okay. landing, yeah. right? There were no injuries. I hear you. So the whole just thing, bumps and bruises associated with play. Yeah, you're gonna get married soon, and then someday you'll discover if you have a girl. It, it's this, this age is not easy. Oh my! Well, God, what's it's not what's easy. the old saying? If you have a boy, you have to worry about one boy. If you have a girl, you have to worry about every boy. That is a very very adept saying right now. Mm-hmm. I'm worried, but this isn't gonna end for a while, so I might as well get used to it. Mike DeFabo in the studio. The 50-minute uh, mark on the fan is coming up, brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19, Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Let's take a listen to Big Ben coming up next and hear what he had to say. Never dull on the football and podcast. First, I told you last night to go over with Steph Curry. Like, that's not, you know, that's sort of an easy call. I get it. But, man, he was well-rested. He was going against a Lakers team that he had just tortured, and he tortured them again. So every Thursday, you can bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parley from FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. You'll get bonus bets, bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win on any NBA on TNT game. Same-game parlay is the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance to score a bigger payday. That goes for any day, including Thursdays. However you want to play, just head to FanDuel.com slash Starkey to bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay with TNT Thursdays. That's FanDuel.com slash Starkey. 21-plus and present in Pennsylvania. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issue is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at Sportsbook.FanDuel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. About a week before Ron Cook announced his retirement, he and I had the pleasure of going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. Special Steeler exhibit was the occasion. And I believe it's still up and running, and we had an unbelievable time there. We did the show. We were told it was the first time they had removed uh, the, the Steeler bus from the main area and put them out into a special area where we did our show. So facing us were all 27 Steeler Hall of Fame bus, and then there was a special room dedicated to the Steelers, and it was awesome. And here to talk about that, Rich DeRocher from the Hall of Fame. Rich, I would imagine, you know, when Ron and I it seemed like, it, were there, it seemed like the exhibit was just picking up steam. How has it gone since then? It has gone beyond our expectations, and, and thanks for having me on to talk about it. And, yes, you're, you are correct. It is still ongoing for, uh, you know, two and a half more days. It's going to wrap up this Sunday, and it has been a pleasure 
uh, meeting so many great Steelers fans and, and just hearing their stories about, you know, who their favorite players were and, and favorite memories and, and just to watch people stop and, and like you said, stare at that bust exhibit, the, the 27 Steelers pulled out of the main gallery into their own special space and, and some special graphics, you know, black and gold graphics to go with. It makes it really pop with those bronze busts and, and, uh, you know, just to encounter people who, who will, will tell stories about, you know, about Franco or about, uh, you know, Coach Noel or whoever it might be, you know, the Rooney family. And, and we owe a debt of gratitude to the Rooney family for even making this possible. They, they loaned us some artifacts. They uh, advised us on, on some uh, carrying out some ideas. And, and it's just really, really exceeded expectations. And if I had to put a number on it, the best I can do is to tell you that we have given away 10,000 rally towels. So uh, wow. somewhere somewhere in that neighborhood of, of, of Steelers fans have come over to experience this. Yeah, I could tell it was starting to build up when Ron and I were there, even that day, which was, I think, maybe a Thursday or Friday afternoon, and people were rolling in. And some of the artifacts there, Rich, really caught my eye. I couldn't believe that there was a... There was a, a part of the elevator that the chief <laughs> that the chief Art Rooney was coming down on when he missed the immaculate reception so it was the elevator that would have taken you from the press box down to the locker room and there it is like right. a like a paneling from the elevator yep. which yeah, one which one has drawn the most curiosity there among the artifacts that's always been one that has has drawn Im- immense interest and you're right and and whoever had the foresight to to get that needs to be applauded and, yes. and, and you know the and you you hinted on on the backstory you know uh, the chief's going to ride the elevator from the from the press box down to the locker room level to console the players after another tough loss and, and you know and then still not being able to get over the hurdle of winning a playoff game after you know waiting so long and and uh and he hears this roar and and the door opens and he's like what happened <laughs> And, and he was greeted with, you don't know what happened? <laughs> and uh, I guess it took a while for him to, you know, it's not like today's day and age when you get a thousand uh, stations playing the same uh, highlight reels. Right. It took a while before he ever saw it. And, and uh, you, you know, I'm sure we could probably fill uh, our Hall of Fame with Raiders fans who are convinced the ball hit the ground or, you know, for some other reason why that, you know, or Frenchie touched it and all those reasons why that play shouldn't have counted. But, uh, favorite artifacts. I think that's that might be one of the top handful of most unique artifacts in the Hall of Fame period. But but it's been interesting, uh, and, and people have engaged with with so many different things. You know, just to uh, you know, there's a, there's an image of of Franco uh, on a wall graphic that people have wanted to stand to and get a picture taken with because you know because they can't stand next to Franco anymore, and mm. and God rest his soul. And, you know, just this past weekend, we had nearly 2,000 people in the museum, many of whom uh, attended a uh, what we called the Immaculate Reception. And it was uh, it was Dana Harris, uh, mm. wife of, of, of Franco, and Rocky Blyer and Moon Mullins and John Kolb and John Banasek wow. all came over, you know, to talk about, just to talk, share stories about... Uh, about the Immaculate Reception and Franco and, and just, you know, many other things beyond that. But that was the that was sort of the core theme. And and Rocky kind of stole the stole the show. And he said, how many people in here saw 
the Immaculate Reception, you know, and a bunch of hands go up, and he says, you're all liars. <laughs> he said, because even if you saw it, you didn't see it, because you were like me, and Rocky puts his hands over his face, and he says, I wasn't looking. And uh, uh, so, you know, he got a good laugh out of that, and, and, and it's just – there's just a very special camaraderie amongst, you know, among uh, that, that whole Steeler nation. And we were very honored to uh, bring something to fans that we've never done before. And, and, and we hope can become the blueprint for other organizations to be celebrated in a similar way. Yeah, it true. It was really moving to be in that room. And uh, like Ron and I both agreed that we had never done a, a show in anything close, like a setting to that with those 27 bus sitting right across from us. So on the final weekend here of the Steeler exhibit, Rich, uh, anything special happening or how can people, what's the best way for people to get there and get in? You know, you can go to profootballhof.com and you can pre-order tickets, but certainly can just walk up and there's no additional cost to see all the artifacts that we've been talking about. You know, the photo ops with the six, Vince Lombardi trophies, the photo ops with the six genuine Super Bowl rings. Again, a, a huge thank you to the Nunn family uh, for loaning those for this exhibit. Uh, no cost to get your pictures taken with the busts. You know, pick up a rally towel. Uh, all inclusive of the uh, regular admissions price. We are looking at this last weekend to just be a fan appreciation weekend, and we're going to have some special giveaways. Uh, we're still trying to decide exactly how we want to do it and what items we might be able to make available. Uh, we, we do think that there'll be some uh, autographed gear, you know, autographed uh, helmets, autographed footballs, uh, some of the other things uh, with a special Steelers flavor that we're going to make available just as a thank you to fans coming over and, and uh, having made this such a wonderful exhibit. What are the hours, Saturday and Sunday? Both days, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Rich, we appreciate you taking the time very much, and I, I can't recommend this enough for people to head out on the final weekend of the Steeler exhibit at the at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, an easy drive from Pittsburgh to Canton. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, and thanks for coming over here when you did and just getting the opportunity to remind Steelers fans uh, there's something special over here if they can make their way over. So thanks much. Thank you, Rich. Take care. That's Rich DeRosier from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Mike DeFabo in studio here for the duration of the show. Have you ever been there to the Pro to the Hall of Fame? No, I never have. I've always wanted to. I was curious when you guys were doing the show, who had more personality, Ron Cook or the Bronze Busts in the room? Wow. Wow. Now <laughs> you know Ron. why DeFabo was never on our show while <laughs> Ron, Ron was here. I'm just taking cheap shots. <laughs> 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 it's all right. Ron's sitting on the beach right now drinking a beer, and he could not care less well, well, about what you're saying. The Fabo well, takes a well, shot. Well, I, I had an idea when we were listening yeah. to that guy. What, what they need to have is a Steelers exhibit at the Hall of Fame, but, like, fan things. Like, for example, like, my uncle punched a hole in the wall during one game, and then he proceeded to frame and sign it. That would be tremendous, actually. Or, like, yeah. or um, when I was a kid— when Neil O'Donnell threw all those interceptions, my brother had a ceremony where we ripped up all the Neil O'Donnell cards and flushed them down the toilet. Mm -hmm. Instead, we Maybe should... a video of that you could lend to the Hall of Fame? Stuff like that? Stuff like that. I love that. Thank you, Mike. Mike will join me until 2 o'clock, top of the hour. Tyler Kennedy. I asked him, would you trade Eric Carlson? His answer was absolutely incredulent. We're going to talk about that coming up. Um... 
Fan Hotline, presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing, heating, air conditioning provider for over 50 years. Fan Weather, brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Cloudy with some rain and a high of 54. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.